everyone, and welcome to Minute 45 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again to finish off the week is Richard Kirkham of Kirkham, a movie a day, and host of the Lambcast. Welcome back to the show, Richard. Ah, great to be here, Rob. I'm happy to join you. Uh, I hope it doesn't cost me 100 beans to spend the next half hour with you. Yeah, I hope not, too, uh, especially if you're only eating a salad. That's it. <laughs> or what, what did you, what did you say you, yesterday that, that you thought? Chicken fried uh, steak. Was, uh, chicken fried steak with, with, with mashed potatoes. I, I, I would yeah. probably uh, enjoy that more than the salad. You know, but I would close the, the ketchup bottle. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> leave it open. I'd be, I'd be too afraid that I'd spill it and, you know, ruin and, and you know, lose ketchup. That's what it comes down to. You'd usually use the uh, sausage gravy instead of the ketchup. Uh, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> so, minute 45 begins with Dell sounding uh, very proud of himself and goes all the way till we get these two characters in a slight little spat. Yesterday, Dell quickly changed the, the conversation because he didn't like talking about himself and they started talking about trying to catch a flight from St. Louis back to Chicago, but everything is completely booked and they couldn't do it. So at this point, Dell then says to, to Neil, at least we're still sitting on over a hundred beans from my brilliant idea. So we know from yesterday's episode or from two days ago's episode that he was selling these earrings or shower curtain rings for $5 for the pair. So it means that he'll only sell 20. At least 20. At least. He says we're sitting on a hundred beans. They may have spent some on the meal. Yeah, but I don't think they spent that much. So let's say they spent $20 on it. You know, again, this is not a, they're not in a fancy restaurant. They're not <laughs> sitting in and drinking champagne and uh, things like that. No. So, you know, again, they're, they're eating a salad, chicken fried steak, and mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. So basically, now, first of all, I, when, when he used the, the, the phrase beans, it got me thinking, what is the origin of the term beans as money? What do you think? Oh, you know, that's got to be just an old uh, expression. I think I heard it used in uh, gangster films back in the 30s. Uh, I'm sure that it uh, originates, you know, probably from the cowboys. Uh, I, you know, it's, I, I don't know. Obviously you looked it up. So give me the etymology of uh, beans yes, as a reference to money. <laughs> so the first known reference to bean as money was in 1810. And uh, then it was the first time it was known as dough was in 1840. And the first time it was known as sugar was in 1859, which that's the reason why you have the phrase sugar daddy which was a term used during the Roaring Twenties, which usually meant, uh, you know, it's talking about an elderly man who lavishes minks, diamonds, penthouses, and dollar bills on a younger and presumably deeply caring woman. <laughs> I, yeah. I think the term gold digger is the next one that you look up. Yeah, I, I would think so. <laughs> gold digger looking for beans, right? What, what's interesting is, is that I started thinking about it and I said, well, what other phrase do we know dealing with beans and money? What can, what can you think of? Well, you know, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Uh, no, but money. 
I, I don't think well, it yeah. doesn't matter for a hill of beans. I don't think they're referring to to well, money. Pile of cash, point. you know, nothing. Um, I, you know, nothing jumps out at me. Well, what, what came to mind by me is is bean counter. Okay, you, know, you refer to sense. people as a bean counter. You know, yeah. which which when you think of it that way, it makes sense to have this phrase. You know, dealing with with money. You know, it's it's actually it's used in most cases in a disparaging way, right? It's a person involved in corporate or government financial decisions, and especially one reluctant to spend money. You know, they say that the bean counters are the ones that, you know, the, the, the people up in the, the ivory tower that are that are counting the money, they're, they're the ones who are not letting us spend it and things like that. You know, that's the way uh, that's it. And so the, the first use of the, the term bean counter was actually in 1971. So, I mean, it's, we're only talking about a phrase 50 oh, that, years old. That, that seems very strange to me. I'm, that term must have existed before then. I don't know. That's that's the, you know, I, I found that in the, I believe it was the, I think it's the Urban Dictionary. I think that's what it said, that, that a, the term bean counter was, was only started to be used in 1971. It could be incorrect. Again, I'm not a scholar on beans and bean counting that I couldn't tell you. But one of the things that I found here interesting is, you know, we were talking before about the different types of, of phrases for, for money. So, you know, we had beans and then we had dough and then sugar. And obviously there's, there's a lot more there. Some people refer to it as bread. Some people refer to it as bacon, you know, bringing home the bacon is, is a phrase for, 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 you know, bring home money and stuff like that. So Basically, the conclusion that this article that I read was, was came to was is that the point is <laughs> that we've got a long history of knowing what money is really about. It's all about food. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's probably to a large degree true because that's what it was used for is to secure food. your uh, existence, you know, yep. take care of your necessities. Correct. <laughs> so yeah, I I thought that that was that was very interesting to to find that out. So yeah, so that's the phrase that Dell uses here, and then he he begins to 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 light light up a little bit. You know, he's very pleased with himself. He's very happy with with uh, with the what he did here. You know, that he thought of this idea. I mean, I I like the fact that you know the last the scene before they they get to St. Louis, they're talking about the fact that. They're going to, they didn't have enough money to get beyond St. Louis, you know, that they're only going to get to St. Louis. So at this point, you know, they, they don't have to have any more exposition to explain the fact that they need money. You know, it's, yeah. it's that, you know, as soon as they get there, they show Dell selling the stuff, you know, he's, he's, he's working his magic with, with the sell, with selling whatever he needs to sell. And he does a great job of it. And, you know, I, I, I liked the 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 way that it moves from one to the other directly without that and at this point neil starts talking and says you know you're a terrific salesman i've been thinking when we put our heads together you know we really have gotten nowhere and you know i think i'm holding you up now first of all i love the the way that that this is delivered because it completely throws everyone off who's listening to it because you think that Neil has finally turned around and he's about to say something nice about Dell, you know, about that when they put their heads together, they can do something together. And then he just turns the phrase around and turns it into a more disparaging way and just says that, you know, we're not good together, even though 
you can see that they are good. Actually, they're not good together because Neil hasn't done anything to help here. In this particular case, you know, this is this is Dell. <laughs> Dell is the one who I mean, it it was it, I assume that it was Dell's idea. I don't think Neil would have said to Dell, I think that you should, you know, try and sell some of your shower curtain rings in order for us to, to make money. I think it was the idea that, OK, we need money. And what are we going to do at this point? Neil still has a credit card, which it just. Yeah, well, I think I think Neil is trying to find a way. Look, he. If he doesn't exactly respect Dell, he he starts to understand him a little bit more and uh, feel kind of a kinship with him. He but he does want to get away with from him. He wants to try and work this out on his own. Dell is always, you know, it's always one of those. He's just uncomfortable around him. And so he's trying to find a gracious way to detach from Dell. And he starts with the compliment. And then he kind of makes fun of uh, the fact that they've, you know, had these problems and have not really solved their problems. And he suggests in what he, I'm sure, sees as a gracious way, maybe it's better if we just separate, which, of course, hurts Dell right. immediately. Right. I mean, again, I don't I don't think he's trying to be mean here. No, but, no. But he he just he he feels that that he can do better on his own. Right. You know, he like like we said, he and Dell have not gotten along great. Uh, and of course, Dell is so different than Neil. He Neil feels self-conscious all of the time when he's with Dell, who is so open and boisterous and outgoing and unafraid of saying what he thinks and feels and, you know, kind of in your face with the sales thing that we just talked about yesterday. And uh, here, here he is, you know, trying to find a, find a way to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to let Dell down in what he thinks is a gracious way by giving the compliment saying, but it's not working out here and I'm, I'm going to move on uh, and uh, good luck to you. But it, it does come off a little bit like yeah. a brush off, and it, you know it, it's it's the it's the functional of equivalent of you know it's not me, right. it's you, or it's not you, <laughs> it's me. Exactly. And but I mean, at the beginning, Dell actually believes him because he says, "No, don't say that about yourself. That's not true, Neil." You know, he he's he's also caught off guard here. He thinks that that Neil is gonna is trying to say something else, and he's he's saying, "No, no, no, Neil, you're wrong. We're, we we are good together." You know, it's not true. You're not the one holding me up and stuff like that. And then Neil says, it really isn't true. So at this point, then Neil says in response to Dell, he goes, it really isn't true. And then he goes, no, I really think that we'll get to where we're going a lot faster if we go alone. And then at this point, you see in in John Candy, in Dell's eyes, that, you know, the the coin has fallen. Or I don't I don't know the the exact phrase of what what we would call it you know yeah. he, it finally no, has I, registered I that's, that's a good it finally has registered in his in his head he's like wait a second Neil is brushing me off here he's you know he doesn't want to be with me and so his response is okay I see and at this point he becomes very defensive and and reaches into his pocket pulls out a very very large wad of bills which as we know are mostly ones <laughs> so it doesn't really make a difference. But and then he he starts taking money out of it in order to put money onto the table to to pay for things. He's like, okay, if you don't want to be with me, then I don't want to be around you. That type of thing. I mean, this is basically how we're going to leave things for 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 the weekend because this is how the 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 minute ends. There's there's really not much else going on. I mean, the two of them 
they, they continue a little more of their conversation. He says, I appreciate that. And he goes, yeah, that's fine. And then Neil's response is, you know, it's just harder for two people to travel, you know. And Dell already knows, okay, this is, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure it is. And then he goes, and if you've got reservations, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. He goes, thanks for the meal. Yeah, okay, that's all right. So, you know, you see a complete change in Dell at this point. He's no longer acting the same way he's acted up until now. He's been a very carefree, lovable guy all the way up until now. And this is the first time where because he, he realizes that he's being talked down to and that he's being hurt, so he changes everything. And he's, he's just, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. I understand. John Candy does a great job by, by changing the personality of this character so quickly because it doesn't feel like he's acting. Well, you know, the character feels dejected, and it's understandable why that's the case. And he plays it well because this is, you know, Neil is talking in, you know, in code, a, a high context kind of message at first, hoping that it's going to be subtle enough that it doesn't seem offensive. But by the time Dell has processed it, he he does realize that he's getting the brush off. And then he he reacts, you know, it's instinctively, you know, when, when you are rejected, you want to reject back. It's, it's, you know, the fight or flight right. kind of thing. You know, what, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to punch but, back. But he's not really know, fighting uh, back. I, I don't need he's, you. He's I, not really fighting back. I'd say that he's more. Well, the, the fact that he's trying to give him the cash and, and move off quickly is it's, it's like saying, well, I don't need right. you either. That's what he's saying. I don't need you either, and I, I don't want to be around you. If you don't yeah. want to be around me, I don't want to be around you anymore. Yeah, it, it, and he's he's basically defending his his uh, self right. image. You know, he's trying to protect himself from being the one who's rejected. Right. That that that's more or less where it is, and and that that's pretty much how this this minute ends. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about this minute? No, I can't think of anything. You know, this was uh, you know just pieces of dialogue uh, moving us to the point where they separate again before they come together again. Uh, which is going to happen uh, in future minutes, um, but it, it it does kind of set up this. There's a repeated, there are repeated moments of sadness in this comedy. You right. know, uh, some of them are personal about Dell's story or about uh, Neil and his family, uh, but most of them are about these two guys and you they and the way they feel about each other. And this is one of those low points. And we're just finishing this week on that particular low point. Sorry about that. Right. No, that, that, that's the way this movie works. This, this, that's one of the reasons why this is such a great movie. Because of yes. the, the it, it, it blends the, the comedy and the, the drama together so well. There are comic moments, but in the end, this is, this is a drama. Yes. You know, I, I wouldn't call this, I wouldn't classify this as a, as a direct comedy. You know, it, yeah, it's got serious elements to it that are, you know, are important uh, on the other hand, you know, when, well, I don't want to step on anybody else's minute. So you can, go ahead. <laughs> you can, you can say whatever you want to say. Let, at this let's point. face it. When you have that moment on the road, when uh, both of them turn into skeletons, when the crash is happening, that is not a dramatic moment. That's a comic moment. Yeah. Okay. Obviously <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a, a lot of comedy here. Fun. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> there is a lot of comedy here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Right. So every day I talk about the differences between the the final script and the the movie. There's actually a lot of extended dialogue in this in the script in this in this minute. 
So we'll just quickly go go through some of that. Dell starts with, uh, we're still sitting on over 100 beans for my brilliant idea. Neil says, I don't feel right taking your money. And Dell then responds, I didn't exactly come by it, honestly. You know, there's another option open to us. I have friends here in town. I'll bet if we called, they'd put us up. <laughs> so Dell's, Dell's trying to find them a place to stay. But But I like the fact that he says, that he realizes that he's basically stealing from his company by selling it. I mean, that was one of the things that, that I was thinking to myself the whole time. He, these are not his, unless unless he actually pays for all of his merchandise. And so therefore, well, it's his money anyway. sure he gets, you know, he's got Free shower curtain rings? <laughs> well, hey, you ever been to a doctor's office? They give stuff away constantly. You know, we got some free drugs from the sales guy who came in. We've got a whole bunch of this stuff. Try this out and see if it helps you. I'm sure they've got plenty of stuff that they give away. Okay. Could be. <laughs> and then he's got to be carrying something in that trunk. That's true. He's got a pillow and a picture of his wife. What else does he need? <laughs> so, and then Neil continues with, I've been thinking, Dell, when we put our heads together, we get nowhere. I think I'm holding you up. And Dell says, I'm enjoying your company. You're not that bad. You don't react to crisis very well, but I can overlook that. You have plenty of other admirable traits. And then Neil says, I think we'd probably both get home a lot sooner if we split up. And Dell says, I don't see it like that. So then Neil responds, I really think we'll both get, get where we're going a lot faster on our own. And then Dell catches on, looks down and says, okay, in other words, I'm a pain in the ass. No, no, not at all. Yes, I am. Everything I touch turns to shit. My mother used to tell me, I had twice as much heart as brain. And then he looks at him and says, I was only trying to help. And Neil says, I know Dell, and I appreciate it. If I can count you as my friend, I'm happy. And that's pretty much how the, the dialogue ends. Now, again, this isn't necessary. It, it says a little more about the characters if it would have stayed in, but it's not something that's really necessary. Yeah, well, we, we get some hints about the way Dell sees himself later on in the story as well so some of that does come out you know that he's that he's that he's got a, a a big heart overdoes things he overdoes things you know that that because that's a subject of conversation that he has later on kind of with his uh with the picture of his wife but again that's down the road right that's true all right anything else you want to say about the movie nope all right great we're so, doing the uh john candy films yes we are so every friday we have we have a segment called weekend candy where my guest gives their top five John Candy performances. So, Richard, what have you got for us? Well, I, you know, I'm going to mention the movie that I first recognized John Candy in and said, I think I've seen this guy on SCTV, uh, and that's Stripes. So that's number five for ah. me. Although I had seen um, Silent Partner years before, and but I didn't connect him at all with uh, those that show and those character that character so mm -hmm. stripes would be the first time that you know he stood out for me uh he's the star of cool runnings uh which is a fun picture he's got a similar kind of uh story arc here because he's he's got a, a background a sad background that he has to kind of overcome and uh that's part of what he's doing is coaching the jamaican bobsled team uh, so I, I kind of I think there's a little bit of a link between the characters here, even though they have different uh, enterprises that they're engaged in. They are yes. you know, still coping with uh, their lives as it is. Uh, number three is Uncle Buck, because it's just fun. Uh, you know, it's, it's John Candy, as most of us kind of imagine him. 
Um, I think his best performance as an actor was in Only the Lonely, uh, where he plays opposite Ali Sheedy as a love interest. Yes, and his I, mother I is Maureen O'Hara. And it's like that. I think that is one of her final screen uh, performances. And I, uh, I love the Roy Orbison song. And I thought Candy was great in that movie. Uh, but my favorite John Candy movie is Splash, where he plays Tom Hanks' brother. They don't look like they're really related to each other. No. But, you know, they fake it out pretty well with the uh, kids that they have playing them when they were supposedly younger. And it's a good story. Uh, he, he's kind of like the the rambunctious version of Jiminy Cricket to Tom Hanks's character, <laughs> you know, telling him what he needs to get out of life, not not to be not to correct him, but to get him to loosen up a little bit and have some fun. And, yeah. uh, and, and he's, he's, he's a good character there. And so I, I like that film the best, I think. Okay, great. Uh, that's a very solid list. That's very good. Every day we have a segment known as off the beaten track where either myself or my guest will tell a story about an adventure or misadventure that one of us happen to have over the course of our journey through life. So Richard, you have one last one for us to, to hold everyone off till, till our next <laughs> guest gets here on Monday. Well, if I went through all of the details on this one, uh, we would be here all weekend long, but it's a, it's a pretty good, you know, remembrance uh, memory for me in 1999. I did the vacation thing myself. I, we rented a van I put my wife and my two kids in the van. They were uh, nine and 11 at the time. And we drove all the way around the country. We went from Los Angeles to uh, the Grand Canyon, down to New Mexico, through Texas, over to Arkansas, down to Mississippi, across Alabama, uh, across Georgia, through North and South Carolina to Washington, D.C., up through uh, the, the East Coast into New York. Uh, we went to Niagara Falls. We went everywhere that you can imagine. Wow. We did, we did 32 states in, in a month and two countries because we had dinner in Canada one night. <laughs> oh, wow. So uh, when I returned the car, it was a rental car. We'd put almost 11,000 miles on it. And the lady at the car counter said simply, she didn't say I was fine. <laughs> She said, where didn't you go? <laughs> and I had a hard time answering her because we went a lot of different places. Well, well, at least at least the car was there. Yes. You didn't you didn't reach the, you know, <laughs> you didn't reach the slot where there's no car waiting for you. <laughs> yes, I wasn't returning it all burned to shreds, you know. That too. That's another one. <laughs> right. Oh wow. That's a great story. And it must have been a great adventure for you guys. Did, did, do do your kids still reminisce about that also like you do or or you know they they probably complain most of the time during they the trip. Re, they remember only bits and pieces of it they remember some of the sites we went to they like uh, my youngest daughter remembers going to Monticello uh and seeing uh Jefferson's uh house cuz she was a big fan there and uh we we went when we were in New York we went to a show we saw Bernadette Peters in Annie Get Your Gun and they, they have a memory of that. Uh, we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they have pretty good memories of that. We also visited relatives on that trip, and they remember those kinds of things. But they don't remember all the stories that I remember. They don't right. remember every gas station, every hotel, every <laughs> uh, 
time we got overcharged with something. They do remember seeing the handsome young man standing with his shirt off when we were driving through Iowa nah. in the middle of the cornfield. And they said, ooh, I like Iowa. <laughs> Excellent. So you want to tell people for the one last time how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, once again, you know, you can uh, find my uh, site at kirkhamamovieaday.com. Uh, that's on uh, the WordPress site. Uh, if you want the full site, it's at kirkhamclass.blogspot.com. That's a blogger site, and I've got pages there that include links to several other projects that people might enjoy. Um, the uh, the podcast that I host is the Lambcast, and you can find that at the Large Association of Movie Blogs or largeassmovieblogs.com. And on Twitter, it's at uh, Richard K. 007. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher they might be using to listen to this show. And finding me is quite simple. Just do a quick search in whatever search engine that you use for Movie Rob Minute. You can find our website. You can find Twitter. You can find our Facebook group. So everyone have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. But until then, you're fine. You are fine.